Welcome to Always and Forever, a One Tree Hill podcast where two lifelong friends and super fans analyze and dissect the greatest teen show from the early 2000s. This week we are discussing from the edge of the deep green sea, the second episode of season three, ooh that rhymes, which was written by the show's creator, directed by Kevin Dowlin, and originally aired on the WB on October 12th, 2005. And Caitlin, this is one of your favorite episodes? Yes, it is. <laughs> it's honestly one of my favorites of the season, but also of the series. <laughs> I really genuinely love this for you. I really, <laughs> really do. Maybe in the space of like when we're talking about it, maybe you'll change my mind a little bit. I, I, I want to hear your excitement. And, you know, maybe I'll like take a like a, a seat back on this episode. So you really don't like this one? It's not. I don't. It's not that I don't like it. I think it's fine. It just doesn't really, like, scratch many itches for me, personally. I feel like there's a lot of, like, great scenes. There's a lot of funny moments, and the soundtrack is fire. But I feel like, as a whole, I'm not really feeling this episode. Oh, I love everything about it. Maybe you'll change my mind. Maybe you'll point out something that, like, you know, that I didn't notice before. I mean, like, the door scene alone is enough to give it five out of five. (laughs) But that's it. That's the only part that, like, I always remember. And, of course, like, you know, other scenes. I'm the guy for you, Brooke Davis. and Which is cute. But we'll say, well, we'll talk about it. I love it so much. All right. Well, (laughs) let's get into this episode, then, and let's get talking about it. Always and forever, spoiler free, but stay tuned after the credits for a fully spoiled discussion. Somebody told me that this is the place where everything's better and everything's safe. It's the end of summer beach party! What? What? Woots! But Peyton isn't too excited about it. Ellie reveals that she tried to see her years ago, but her parents wouldn't allow it. Peyton angrily confronts her dad, and Larry explains that he didn't want to confuse her so soon after her mother's death. Larry tells Ellie to stay away from them. Additionally, Lucas sees Ellie buying drugs, and when Peyton finds out, she goes to confront Ellie about it. In other news, Lucas and Nathan compete on the river court to determine if they will be friends again. Nathan wins the game, so they are still not friends. Nathan doesn't tell Haley that he's coming home from High Flyers, and when she finds out, she feels hurt. Dan visits Karen at the cafe and questions if she or someone else started the fire on purpose. At the beach party, Peyton mopes and plays depressing music all night. Brooke plays the field and skinny dips with hot guys. Lucas sees that Haley's upset and goes to find Nathan. He tells him that he won't sit around as Nathan mistreats Haley and that he should go to the party and talk to her. Nathan goes to the party and apologizes to Haley for not telling her that he was home. He also tells her that he's not sure if or when he will be ready to be together again. Haley tells him that she's not going anywhere. As Brooke flirts with a group of guys, Lucas goes up to her and tells her, I'm the guy for you, Brooke Davis. And from the distance, Dan watches the bonfire, notices Lucas's face behind the flames, and a memory suddenly comes creeping back. Was Lucas at the dealership the night of the fire? Dun, dun, dun. Putting Lucas, Nathan, and any and all lifeguards on my list, I'm Caitlin Illinich. <laughs> and trying to understand the hip lingo of the Yannins, I am Jeremy Rodriguez. <laughs> I love that. That scene was so freaking adorable between yes. Lucas and Karen. <laughs> Which, let me tell you something, um, because we've we talked about this before, about how we're closer in age to the parents than we are to the teens at this point, right? Yeah. And and I was thinking, like, oh, gosh, like, you know, Karen's only, like, uh, only, like, 35, 36. And, like, come on, she's hip. And then I started thinking about myself, like, you know what? I am only 31, and I am not hip. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the lingo anymore. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, you know, I I related to Karen in the scene, though, because, you know, <laughs> because what, what? <laughs> How do you say woot? Is it woot? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Yahoo. Was Yahoo ever a phrase? No. <laughs> Except I was like, the I search don't ever, engine. I don't ever say Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> This episode is uh, titled After the Sod by the Cure from the Edge of the Deep Green Sea. What did you think about this song? 
Well, my first impression was that it was extremely emotional. And while I have not heard like an extensive range of songs from The Cure, I feel like the ones that I have heard are always just super, super emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, when I read the lyrics, I was thinking that this song was about a relationship that doesn't seem to be working, even though the couple really wants it to work out. It's just it's not working in the end. And I think that can kind of relate to some of the relationships that are going on in One Tree Hill, this episode specifically with Nathan and Haley. I feel like there's always a connection with Nathan and Haley lately with these songs. They're the focus of the show right now. Yeah, they they really are. And I think there's probably some a little frustration with uh, Lucas and Brooke, too, because I feel like there's a lot that's like almost unspoken. Like they don't they're not actually saying how they feel about each other. So there's a lot of conflict in the the current relationships right now. So I think that loosely connects. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I thought the song was just basically just about like the fear of getting back together with someone like after a breakup. Um, The lyric that specifically stood out to me was, I wish I could just stop. I know another moment will break my heart. Too many tears, too many times, too many years I've cried over you, which just like the whole Bailey situation and the Bruca situation of it all. I feel like it just it really applies to them. So I completely agree with your take that it applies to those couples. Yeah. I know. I was reading the lyrics and listening to the song and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is making me feel all the feelings. And all these relationships are making me feel all the feelings, especially Nathan and Haley right now. Whew. It's rough. Yes. It's really rough. Because I feel like both sides. Ugh. We'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> So this episode opens with a quote from Henry David Thoreau. Live in each season as it passes. Breathe the air, drink the drink, taste the fruit, and resign yourself to the influence of the earth. Which kind of related to the couples. It's kind of like taking each moment as it comes, you know? Yeah, just living life. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, seeing seeing what happens, basically. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of like the... uh, the stance like Nathan has taken in the relationship with Haley right now, because at, toward the end of the episode, he does say like, um, you know, I'm going to have to see like where we stands and, you know, if I'm willing to like let you in again, if I'm willing to let you in. Yeah. That really does represent what Nathan said because mm. and what he's feeling. It's not clear cut. You know, he, I, I think it's clear that he still has feeling. He still loves Haley. I mean, he said it in the previous episode. But there's just so much else that he needs to figure out about the relationship. And he's at the point where, like, yeah, whatever happens, happens. Let's just see. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is a really fair stance to take, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think it's a mature thing to say, too. Because he he clearly he doesn't have the answer. Only time will tell. Right? Only time will tell is correct. Okay, can we talk right. about my favorite part of this episode? <laughs> What is your favorite part? Tell oh us. my god, the door. The door. And my best friend Jenna, oh gosh, we love this scene and we have always loved this scene for, I mean, forever. Forever. I mean, 15 years we've loved this scene. I thought you were about to say that the two of you did this, like the two of you like wrote names <laughs> on the door. Like, no. I was like, I was waiting for it. Like, did you do that? Because honestly, hero. Did we, we did not do this. Did one of you have, like, a hot dad fantasy? There there were no... No, there were no hot dad fantasies. (laughs) (laughs) That that is too weird. It's hilarious in this episode, but that is too weird for me. (laughs) One of my favorite parts, though, um, which, you know, Peyton's like, Larry, like, my dad, Larry? And she's like, yeah. Or or Brooke, I should say, is like, uh, yeah, he's my hot dad fantasy. Besides, I gave you Dan. And then you see, like, uh, Peyton's face, like, when she gets out of the bed, she's like, what the fuck? I know. I have to read through this whole thing, basically. I have to do it. Do do it, do it. Oh, my God. Are you going to do a dramatic reading? So, So, first off, I just, oh, my gosh. Sophia Bush, like, she killed this scene. She freaking killed this. This, to me, is one of the best and funniest Brooke scenes there is. <laughs> this is peak Brooke. She is so funny in season three. Like, this is... Yep. She was always funny, and I feel like that started to come out more in season two. 
versus season one like there were definitely some things but like season two you started to see it more and then season three she's just like it's peak brooke i feel like this is the moment when the writers really knew like what sophia bush could do and what Mm -hmm. she could accomplish and then that's when they decided like you know what let's give you more of this material let's lead into it i know they really did and like it's just everything about it in the scene (laughs) she's she's talking to Peyton. she's and she's like, since you and I are both officially available again, tonight is the end of summer beach party, which means partial, if not total naked nudity. <laughs> the way she says that just kills me. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's the first thing that killed me. And then then she goes on and it's just like an iconic scene with her opening the doors and the lists are on both. Like, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And she says... I get Lucas, Mouth, half the guys on the team. I put my first choices here, but we can totally mix and match. Any and all lifeguards. Nathan's Uncle Cooper, so hot. Larry. <laughs> and then you, that's when... Wait, 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 Larry? Like, my dad Larry? <laughs> of course, he's my hot dad fantasy. And then Peyton's face is just, like, totally disgusted. <laughs> and then Brooke says, Peyton, he's a total... Dilf. And besides, I gave you Dan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I just, if I knew you wanted to read this scene, I would have done a dramatic reading where one of us was broken. But one of yeah, us I guess we should have actually prepared for this. But, uh, oh, my God, it's amazing. And then they're fighting over Dave Grohl, which I don't even know what he looks like <laughs> from the Foo Fighters. I don't know. I, 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 mean, he's, I, I meant to look him fine. up. I mean, he's fine. Like, I don't I don't know, like, like in 2005, I'm like, I don't know if I would have been attracted to him. <laughs> but. Yeah, I need to look that up because I meant to and I completely forgot. I, yeah, I don't know much about the Foo Fighters, so I would have no <laughs> idea what he looks like. Um, But then Brooke continues and she's like, and I get Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. You get Jake, as promised. Nathan, he comes with an asterisk. Nobody knows what's going on with him and high school married Lumbo. <laughs> The other half of the guys on the team, Anna, because, well, you never know. And she was totally into you. <laughs> and then all of the River Court boys, Skills, Fergie, and Garbage. <laughs> Junk. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and finally, the rest of the Foot Fighters. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and then Peyton wanted Dave Grohl. So then Brooke is like, fine, you take Dave Grohl and I'm taking Anna. And she walks out and it's just like... <laughs> epic it's just absolutely epic <laughs> which i love the little subtle bisexual representation I here i love it too and i've always loved it because it is just oh it's so it's amazing it's just freaking amazing and i love those two like the scene i already I already shared my love for sophia in this she kills uh-huh. she kills every part of it but then we have uh peyton her expressions <laughs> <laughs> She's in bed, like, half awake, basically. And then yeah. she's brushing her teeth. It's just, like, the whole, yeah, the whole scene. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I'm sorry, did you say something about me puking at a rave? <laughs> she's like, the Lucas you're supposedly dating. Uh-huh. Which, you know, we'll get into that a little bit later. But... <laughs> Damn. And then she says yes. something about, I thought you were the responsible Brooke. And then she slaps her butt. <laughs> oh, God. It's just like the best, best friend vibes of it all was so, like, I don't know. It was so pure and ingenuine. Like, their friend, that, like, basically encapsulates their whole friendship, I think. That scene. This is a great scene, honestly. And honestly, like, honestly, hearing you, like, talk about this with so much joy is making me realize, like, you know what? This is a great scene. Like, so. It is. Maybe I'm more team this episode now. <laughs> it is one of my favorite book scenes ever. It is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, like, Brooke and Peyton scene. Uh, there's so many as we go through the show, but, and there's already been some really great ones. But this one is just, it always stands out to me. I look forward to the scene. Every time I... This episode to me is like a cozy, like, I just want to curl up and watch this and laugh. <laughs> and it was always one that, like, whenever I rewatched, I would look forward to, to seeing it. And yes. Okay. <laughs> I'll shut up now. Or, <laughs> I want to hear I your mean, thoughts. 
I feel like maybe because, like, I know there are, like, so many great episodes in season three that I feel like, like, looking at this episode in comparison to the rest is kind of like, eh. But again, I do try to, like, you know, give my scores by only looking at each individual episode. Yeah. But I see what you're talking about. I see what you're talking about. But, uh, not all is, uh, fun and dandy, though. We also no. have some updates with Ellie. So... I love the scene when Peyton decides to confront Ellie at the, it's, it's some restaurant or whatever at the beach. And Ellie's like, okay, give me the really complex story about how a young woman had to give up the daughter that she loves so much. And then Ellie's like, it's actually not that complex of a decision. At the time I got pregnant, I liked drugs more than I liked you. That's it. And I just love how, like, open and honest that was. And I feel like Peyton, like, even though Peyton does have issues with Ellie, like, throughout this episode, I feel like, you know, hearing that honesty was really important for her. Yeah. So it's not like Ellie was, like, hiding anything from her. It was just the blunt and honest truth, and I appreciated it. Yeah. I really enjoyed Ellie. It's a straightforward, honest answer. There's not a complex story. She wasn't ready to have a kid. She was not in a good place. And that was that, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. I like the honesty. Yeah. But we also learned that Ellie tried to see Peyton uh, like a million years ago. That, you know, she used to see Peyton and Brooke handed out under the bridge. Um, But Papa Peyton said no. And then essentially Peyton's pissed off. And I understand why. Even though she literally like uh, picks out a record and then busts it against the door and says, This is you, Dad. Kind, kind of, of a broken, broken record, record don't yeah. you think? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, and uh, part of me is like, okay, what am I mad at now? Am I mad at the writing of that particular scene? <laughs> or am I mad at the fact that, like, gosh, what a fucking bratty teenager. Like, I understand why Peyton's mad. <laughs> but come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is you, Dad. A little bit I hope of that a... was a record she didn't really want. Although, I guess she probably did pick out a record that she didn't want or didn't care about. <laughs> I hope you know, so. Because you see her, she's like, you know, she's like looking through her record stack, like, you know, like being very, very careful trying to pick one out. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that scene. I, I get her anger. If I was a teenager, I was 17 years old and I was just finding out that I was adopted, I'd be pissed. Because mm. like, yes, her dad had a valid reason. So this, the timeline is like seven to eight years ago. When her mom died, her yeah. adopted mom. Mm. So I get that that would be bad timing. If Ellie came to Larry and said, you know, I want to meet Peyton, but her mom, her actual mom just died, like that would be bad timing. But why right. couldn't he have said, like, maybe in a year from now or something? Yeah, why for sure. let seven and eight years go by? That's a long time. At this, it is. At this point, he doesn't have. Like, it was a valid excuse for the timing, you know, seven, eight years ago. But it's mm. not, like, I think even Peyton says, like, why not in that time span did, did you not say anything? Like, what about now? Now would be a good time, too. Yeah, absolutely. Although I would say, say uh, Papa Peyton's credit, though, he does, like, he does tell her that, uh, you know, like, I, I don't know why I didn't, I, I don't know why I didn't tell you. And he's told Peyton, like, one day you're going to grow up and not have all the answers, which is the truth. Like, he fucked up. He didn't know why he did what he did. And I feel like nowadays, now that he knows, like, you know, Peyton does have an interest in meeting Ellie, he's now saying, like, hey, it's up to you now. It's up to you what you want to do. Yeah, it is her decision now. But, like, she never had, she was never given the choice, you know, until now. It sucks for Peyton. (sighs) For sure, for sure. It's, it's some heavy stuff, honestly. Yeah. And I don't mean to, like, you know, completely, like, you know, put shit on Peyton by being, like, by breaking her record. Like, I get it. I was a bratty teenager once, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but come on. Uh, it's it, it's a lot to go through, for sure. But Lucas also sees that Ellie is buying drugs. What is this drug? We don't know. But it's obviously bad because she's doing drugs. <laughs> I know. And then then he ends up telling Peyton because he couldn't keep that secret. And mm-hmm. she goes and confronts Ellie. Because 
because Luke, I just want to like note that uh, Lucas has a towel the size of JLo's ass. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Lucas had to come clean about it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, this is the era when people talked about JLo's butt. <laughs> Wait, people stopped? People don't talk about I mean, about they JLo's probably still anymore? talk about it, but I feel like this is the era where they were really talking about it. Yeah. I mean, she's got a bod, and she's in her 50s, so, wow. Yeah, J-Lo's hot. She we has... do love some J-Lo. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, and then she goes and confronts Ellie after Lucas tells her about it. And that was a really dramatic scene, because she's like, here's my cocaine vial. And I can't remember the exact line, but she's like, basically, yeah, here's my cocaine vial yeah. that I used to use, and I know you were getting drugs today. But we'll see what this big revelation means at the end of the day. I can't hardly wait. I know, because we don't even get Ellie's reaction. We just have a dramatic, like, scene where Peyton comes in, says what she says, and she leaves. Like, we don't know what what Ellie's defense is, if there is a defense, you know? Well, there is, like, a little bit of a hint in the scene where she's with Larry, and then Larry confronts her about uh, talking to Peyton, and uh, Ellie just says, like, my situation has changed. Yeah, that's suspicious, too. What does that mean? I don't know. And to go back to that scene, does Larry even have a right to say to stay away from both of them? I mean, the fact that Peyton's a minor, I think, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess legally, but... It, I mean, it depends on, like, what the circumstances were of the adoption at the end of the day. Like, some people have, like, open adoptions, closed adoptions, and there's, like, different circumstances behind them. And it's kind of vague, like, what the situation was here. Yeah, that's fine and dandy, but she's also 17, basically almost a legal adult. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, at that point, you get to make your own. It doesn't really matter if it was an open. I, I, until she turns 18, I get that. But, like, it's close to the point where it doesn't really matter if it was open or closed because, you know, she can do what she wants to do. Yeah. And I think being, I think a parent should honor that if, honor that decision when she is this old. Yeah, I got that. I understand. So I don't agree with Larry. Yeah. You don't agree with Papa Peyton? Nope. (laughs) I really like Kevin Kellner as Papa Peyton. I do too. I really do enjoy this dad, and we've been here in the Drama Queens podcast that uh, Hillary liked this dad more, too. I mean, she still liked the other one, but this one felt yeah. like dad to her, she said. Yeah, and I don't think either of us, like, we didn't, like, dislike that guy's performance. It's just that there's something a little bit more paternal about Kevin Kilner in this role. And I don't know, like, what it is necessarily, and, you know, we've already said, like... <laughs> He did, he did, the other dad did not give off a romantic vibe no. with Hillary, like yeah, the, the producers seem to think. <laughs> I think that Kevin Kilner as the dad, I think he was just given better content. The other dad was aloof most of the time. I feel like they had some dad-daughter scenes that were maybe a little bit more intimate, you know, and revealed their relationship, but... Most of it was him being out at sea. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This dad does get a little bit more content, for sure. So far in this season, there's already been a lot more story, like, to do the emotional work, I think. Yeah, I get that. Also, too, you were talking about uh, how Hillary's thoughts on drama queens. One that I also want to note, too, um, for the for this particular episode, Hillary noted that she had to go to a funeral, and... The essentially the producer said no because they were assholes. <laughs> like there's no doubt about it, they were assholes. And like essentially, Hillary like went through the script and just said, "Listen, I'm not needed for this scene. I'm not needed for this scene." Which like I just loved how she advocated for herself there. Um, that's why like during like the beach party, you'll notice there's a lot of like close up shots of Peyton. And that's just because like you know Hillary shot all of her scenes in that in one night. So she could just, like, leave for the, like, you know, for the remainder of the shooting schedule. Yeah, that's it. That was a fun uh, behind-the-scenes fact. Mm-hmm. And she also mentioned, like, it kind of, it worked. Like, her being depressed in this episode kind of worked with how she was, like, feeling in reality. Yeah. So uh-huh. I think it all kind of, it worked out in the end how they had to do her scenes, you know, in, in a limited way, like, 
they really focused like all of her scenes were really focused on how depressed she was because she was playing different songs you know and yes. either upset at Haley or having a heart to heart with someone so it was like it was all depressing stuff the whole time yeah, can we talk about how, like, after Brooke uh, calls her out, though, she puts on the song by Weezer, We Are All On Drugs. Uh-huh. And, but she, but it should also be noted, she played that after she learned that Ellie was on drugs. So it was still, like, in her little emo place right there. Yep. <laughs> it was just a little bit more upbeat to appease Brooke in the moment. <laughs> yeah, it worked. Oh, God. In that montage, though, where they're playing that song, did she notice there's, like, one cutaway where you see Chad, like rocking back and forth like side to side oh i don't think so really <laughs> was it awkward it's so it's so funny like i don't know if they were just like if they just like cut different footage together like they cut an outtake together uh-huh. and they just decided to use that but it's so funny i'm like lucas would not be dancing that way would lucas be dancing at all i don't know probably not he looked fine <laughs> though in that blue shirt i don't know yeah. there's something about the blue shirt with the dim lighting and <laughs> just the whole vibe and, like, let's talk a little bit about the Baruka shit that happens in this episode. Like, you know, uh, like, Lucas has competition with all of these, like, quote-unquote hot lifeguards. And I'm like, have you seen Chad Michael Murray? Are you really, like, trying to make Chad, like, look less desirable than these shirtless lifeguards? Come on. Yeah, I guess because he has, like, a baggier shirt on. Yeah, and I'm just like, <laughs> they obviously did that to make him, like, look a little bit more, uh less presentable like oh he has a baggy shirt like you know he's not one of the hot guys so i'm like come on it's so it's fucking chad michael murray you can like you can like literally shave his head and he'll still look hot and we know that because he did look hot in season two <laughs> <laughs> love that haircut. <laughs> so oh. it's like you can put like a pie on his face and he'd still be fucking gorgeous okay like so i'm just saying i don't buy it at all no, even with a shirtless lifeguard standing next to Chad in the blue shirt, I would take Chad, yeah. in the, <laughs> Chad fully clothed. <laughs> yeah, his... I'm looking at Chad too. I'm like, Chad, is, like, Chad just looks good here. Come on. But this is all like a defense mechanism, you know, for Brooke. She's trying to avoid her feelings by going off with these fun guys who she's not going to have any deep connection with. Mm-hmm. It's really clear. Um, it's just fun, which is totally fine. Uh, but I think she's avoiding, <laughs> avoiding her feelings. Yeah, for sure. Like as Peyton even says earlier in the episode, she's like, uh, she's like, I know you're the queen of dating multiple guys. I'm just surprised you're doing it with Lucas. Mm-hmm. And of course, come on, like there's nothing like wrong with like being polyamorous and dating multiple people. Of course not. But like, it, this is just like. I hate that, like, polyamory is being used as, like, a way to say, like, oh, like, they're only polyamorous because, uh, because Brooke's insecure. And she doesn't want to commit, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that is not the case of polyamory. I am just saying. Yeah, that doesn't mean no commitment. <laughs> mm-hmm. But in this, in the case of Brooke, it does mean no commitment because it's just simply having fun and not being tied down to someone but you know she has deeper feelings for lucas yep like when she looks at him like as he walks away later we'll get into that when we talk about the coda but that's a deep fucking scene Mm-hmm. Like you can tell there is something that she wants more of are we not talking about what lucas said says to her at the end we'll talk about that when we get okay, to the coda okay. All right, so we're skipping over that. <laughs> we're, um, we're gonna move along, move along. You know what I mean? I, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Oh my god, all the feels. Um, speaking of Brucus, I want to talk about another funny scene. Yes. <laughs> In the apartment with Haley and Lucas, mm-hmm. Brooke, and then Haley walks in. <laughs> <laughs> Brooke's getting Lucas to try out the couch, quote unquote. <laughs> yes. Which, that was super cute. And then he- Which just means like Lucas sits on the couch and then Brooke la- wraps her legs around it. That was that was adorable. Yeah. I know. She's like, try out the couch. And he sits down and she's like, no, try out the couch. <laughs> she straddles him. <laughs> I just it was it was so cute. It was so cute. I love it. And then Haley walks in and she's like, oh gosh, I don't want to see this. And then Brooke says something along the lines of, like, when would you prefer to see this? 
and Haley says, how about never o'clock or maybe quarter after stab out my eyes? <laughs> By the way, that couch hasn't been stain guarded yet, so you may want to get a room instead. <laughs> oh my the humor is on point in this episode with everyone. I love it. I love yes. it. Yes. Oh, God. Like, there's another funny moment between uh, Brooke and Haley. Um when because like Brooke apparently like decorated the apartment all night and then brings out Haley and like you know there's a big mural which I by the way I just gotta say I love the aesthetic of this apartment this season oh it's great like this is my favorite aesthetic of this apartment Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but anyway uh Brooke just says like oh you know I um I I put the mural up and then I went to the freezer and ate some of your uh rainbow sherberts and then Haley's like where'd you get it anyway and then Brooke is like the freezer. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then Haley, <laughs> Haley clarifies the wall mural. Where'd you get it? <laughs> I know they're. It's cute. Their friendship and yeah. the banter. I, I I like it. So yeah, there's a lot of like really funny moments like that in this episode that are just like absolute gems. Like mwah, I do see those for sure. Yeah. There is one particular thing that I do kind of want to know and. We've, I feel like we don't really, we haven't really talked about this, but Sophia and Chad's relationship off camera. So, you know, they got married in April 2005, and then Sophia filed for annulment five months later, which actually would have been around the time when they were filming this episode. And I just have to point out, like, how awkward this must be. So, yeah. I always try to figure out the timeline of this. Yeah, they got married in April 2005. This episode aired in October Yeah, but they could have been filming in, like, July. But I think August. filming always started in July. Yeah. So they were still married at this point. Yeah. Uh-huh. So later in the season is when they separated. And who knows what, like, what they were going through leading up to it and whatnot. And there's a, there's a lot of theories about, like, what happened, like, you know, why their marriage ended. And, like, you know, I don't want to get into those because there's no facts out there. I feel like it's all, like, celebrity gossip that I just don't personally want to get into. But you, you got to imagine, like, they were probably navigating, like, a pretty difficult time right now. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because I've always really given them both credit for being professional it sound, yeah. sounded like they were both professional in both one of their jobs, and they continued to work together Yeah, during that time. And they're paired together, like, there's chemistry between them, you know, on the show right now. So that had to be even more difficult. I really can't imagine. That really takes two mature people. I, I couldn't do that. I could not oh, have, like, scenes like that with an ex- yeah, I got gotcha. you. I'm not I, an actor, so <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Power to them. They were still able to, like, get through it. And we don't know, like, what the situation was like with them. Like, you know, they, they were probably, like, very friendly the entire time. That's what it seems like at the very least. Yeah. But yeah. we'll say. So I just want to note that this was probably hard for the two of them. But, again, we're not going to get into the gossip of, like, No. There's why. there's no uh, <laughs> facts out there. Yeah. Neither of exactly. them have have ever stated mm-hmm. what happened so cool we talked about it <laughs> we did so let's uh just like uh we interrogated the sophia chad situation let's talk about how dan interrogated two of the characters about the night of the old ship fire <laughs> don't you love my segue oh uh. <laughs> <laughs> dan is Thank rough you. He is just yeah. rough. I want to know, why is he still at uh, Deb's house? Yeah, what the heck? Because <laughs> even Haley's like, uh, Deb said you moved out. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing here? I, I don't know. It's really strange that he's still there. Yeah. Because in the previous episode, he agreed to a divorce. So Deb is not in this episode. She's not around. Yet he... Oh, yeah, she's not in this episode. You're right. Yet he's in the house. It's very strange. Very strange. But anyway, Dan asked Haley, I found a pair of your gloves, black, right? And then Haley says, no, I don't own any black gloves, Mr. Scott. So, huh. I guess we can cross off Haley as a suspect for the dealership fire? Yeah, I think, think, oh, oh, if she's telling the truth, I think we can uh, cross her off. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. 
But uh, Dan also interrogates uh, Karen. And uh, I hate how he, like, uh, like when he comes in and Karen's like, look who it is, the kissing bandit. Did you fondle anyone while I was away? She's making a reference to the kiss that happened in the season two finale. And then Dan says, I should apologize. I won't, but I should. Isn't he awful? That kiss is a reckless mistake, much like Lucas. <laughs> it's like the same thing over and over again with him. He just uh-huh. insults Lucas, he insults Karen, and it's just like this endless circle of him doing that. Mm-hmm. And he knows he's doing it. I, he is. Oof. But then he interrogates Karen. He says, I'll have a coffee. And then she says, sure, let me spit in it first. And then Dan says, or you can drug it. Like, Dan, you are not being subtle in your interrogation. <laughs> I know, if you really want to find out who did it you're gonna be that obvious about it and you think someone's gonna openly admit it like come on now oh and then karen what she says she says if someone did try to kill you i'm sorry they failed dan maybe next time they won't whoever they were and then she has the smile and that smile is in the opening credits Uh uh-huh i never realized that like oh my god such a malicious moment (laughs) like it's in the opening credits oh i didn't catch that actually (laughs) yeah She's in the opening credits. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that is. That is an interesting yep. moment. But uh-huh, she's uh-huh. she's trying to be overly nice. Like, she has a smile on her face as she's saying these things. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And then finally asks him to leave. Thank goodness. Yep. She uses her uh, right to refuse service card, essentially. Yep. As she should. We also get a little bit of details about Karen and Andy in this episode. Because mm-hmm. I feel like like Karen returned, but we didn't get any information really about her summer. Yeah, no explanation whatsoever. But we learned that Andy wanted kids. And then there's Keith. What does that mean? I know. I know. And Karen says, you know, she, Andy deserves a family, but, you know, she doesn't want to have any more kids. Uh-huh. And then she's, yeah, clearly still thinking about Keith because she thought she saw him at the in the season two finale. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You see, Lucas has quite a reaction to that, too, when, uh, when Karen notes that. What was his reaction? Like, there's just a moment, like a pause that he gives, oh, and okay. then that's when he leaves, I believe. So, hmm. What does all that mean? I don't know, Caitlin. I don't know. I know. Um... Also, since this is the same scene where this happens, let's do one of our favorite segments. Name brand orange soda watch. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) I didn't catch this one. There is a soda fountain in the back of uh, Karen's Cafe. Are you for real? Right, just blatantly, like, blazing, like, across the label. I did not see it. I didn't notice until my second watch, which I just watched like two hours ago. I'm like, yep, there it is. There it is. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And it only gets worse, people. It only gets worse. (laughs) Is it worse? You know what? Like I said in the last episode, like this thing brain orange soda got my business, okay? Because of one trio. I'm saying the product placement gets worse and more obvious as we go through the season. I don't know if this is like a thing throughout the rest of the series, is it? I think I only, it's only this season. I think it's only this season. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they sponsored them beyond this season, but anyway, yep, it's there. Like I said, we're gonna call it like we say it. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely point it out every time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we should count how many times. Yep. So there was just one in this episode, and were there two in the previous? Yep. So we got two so far. You mean three? Were there two place three. two placements or one placement in the last episode? I only knew the one. That's when Brooke like handed the soda to Okay. Mouth. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of too. Unless there's more, I, but yeah, we we can keep a tally. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I think you're right. It's just one. I'll share a Google talk with you, and we'll like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. This will be like a fun project. Like, we're, uh, we'll just post like all the product placements on Instagram, but we'll blur out the logo because the logo, did, you know, the company's not giving us money. No. Like I said, the only brand that we will call out is Cracker Jack. 
I know the OG. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so wait, so wait for that call, Cracker Jack. Uh-huh. So wait for that call. What a shame. But let's talk about some of the naily of it all. <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> let's get into the naily of it all. <laughs> yes. We have the same brain. Um, one thing I do want to note, um, this is one of the first examples that I remember. And keep in mind, I didn't watch seasons one and two live, but this is an example of when a promo for the episode lied. So, you know the moment when uh, Nathan takes the guitar from Tim, because uh, Tim was like pressuring Haley to perform a song, and then uh, Nathan takes the guitar and throws it into the fire. You know how they frame it in the promo? No. They frame it as if, like, uh, Haley is talking to Nathan and says, I want us to get back together again, Nathan. And then Nathan responds by taking the guitar (laughs) and throwing it into the fire. Are you serious? They mislead you so badly. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. One Tree Hill does this a lot, especially in, like, season five. They'll just, like, completely, like, give you scenes out of context. Sometimes they'll make completely new scenes entirely but yeah that's that's an example that's pretty bad you know i don't really remember i'm glad you have a good memory because even the season i mean i watched the majority of the show live so i saw most of the promos other than seasons one two and three i don't remember i don't remember specific instances (laughs) with the promos being misleading like i can't i can't pull that out of my Memory. Do you remember the promos that bleeped out words to make you think they were cursed? Maybe vaguely. <laughs> there's there's one in particular without revealing too much. But one character has a to-go box and gives it to another character and says, it's a to-go box because you bleeped all my leftovers. Oh, I don't remember that. They make you think that she, oh, this character said fuck. But the character does not say fuck. <laughs> Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember that. I'll try to remember that when we get to season four, but (laughs) it's it's really funny. Why would they do that? Like, include misleading scenes or scenes, like, out of context? I guess just so, like, you know, get people to watch it. Because I remember, like, when I watched the promo, like, the week before this episode aired, and I was thinking, like, oh, my God, like, Nathan responds by just throwing the guitar in the fire. Like, oh, God, he's so mad at Haley. Oh, no, this is terrible. And it turns out that's not what is happening at all. (laughs) Yeah, that is super misleading. I mean, Uh Nathan's pissed in this episode, but he's not that pissed (laughs) at Haley. Yeah. (laughs) But Haley won't unpack because... She seems to have the belief that her and Nathan will get back together. She's been very optimistic, and it's kind of sad. Yeah. I feel like she's left... At the end of the previous episode, she was really left hanging. She mm-hmm. didn't know. Like It was clear that like Nathan still loved her, and obviously she still loves him, but like she didn't really know where they stood with each other. Yeah. And I, I get that she's trying to be hopeful, that they'll live together again, but ugh, yeah, it's sad. It's really sad. And I, I'm glad that this episode, even though it doesn't feel good to watch these characters fight, uh, or they're not really fighting, but like they're not on the same page. It doesn't feel good to, to see these two characters. They're both hurting and they don't know, at least Nathan doesn't really know what he wants. Yeah, he. I feel like we do know that he does still love Haley, oh, yeah. as we know from like we saw him put the wedding ring around on a necklace around his chest, which I like to think that he's always wearing that like throughout the se- throughout the season. So he does care for her, but he's just not willing to like necessarily open up his heart again. Yeah, he do- he desperately does not want to get hurt, and which is understandable because like what Haley did was. It was really hurtful. And I know we've talked about the nuances of it all. And, and I'm not saying one person is right over the other. But, like, what she did was hurtful when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. Anyone would, would have been hurt by that. So then to gain... He doesn't trust... He even said this in the previous episode. He doesn't trust her. So, like, that's going to take time. You can't just, like, go from not trusting someone to trusting someone. They have to prove themselves. You kind of have to work back up to that. And... Like we said earlier, you know, Nathan's honesty with her 
was pretty it was refreshing to hear even though it's not what Haley wanted to hear she wanted to hear like that he wants to get back together with her but at the same time it was a mature way to just be honest with someone so now I feel like even though they don't know where they're going to go next there's there is a little bit more clarity with everything like Mm -hmm. they could get back together It, it wasn't a hard no from Nathan you know what I mean yep which that that's her in and she tells him like i'm not going anywhere and she has to prove to him that that's true yep and i feel like that's like her way of saying like hey like regardless of you trying to like push me away i'm still going to be here regardless like we're still gonna be going to the same school i'm still gonna be living with brooke you know it's like nothing's going to change really can we also talk about Haley's outfit sure Oh my gosh, it's hot damn. That's a great outfit. And I know they like... Which one are you talking about? Her dress at the bonfire. Oh, okay. What is she wearing? Oh, I never remember clothes. It's like it's like a white top with like a blue skirt. Well, they talked about it on Drama Queens because they all loved her outfit. And uh, okay. I, you know, I already had the same thoughts before they even brought it up. <laughs> it's just a really, really good outfit. Yeah. I mean, Wow. For those of you at home that are in your cars or whatever right now, like, you know, Caitlin's face when she looked at me when I didn't know what outfit she was referring to, it was very disapproving. Yeah, yeah right? it really was, because <laughs> you need to know this. <laughs> I'm sorry. the best out- outfit of the episode. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. It was perfect. It was like, man, how can Nathan deny her wearing that? It's just, <laughs> it was just really, like, an appealing outfit. Like, it, it fit her. She had the flowy hair. It was, like, very beach vibe. I loved it. Okay. Are you saying you would put Haley on the on the door on your side of the you closet? Mean, yeah, that outfit, yes. Based, based on this episode. <laughs> oh, I love this. Oh, yeah. I love this. <laughs> oh, and the other thing I want to talk about. Yes. Switching. Still talking about Haley. Is the fact that, well, there was that scene with Peyton and Haley. And uh-huh. Peyton was giving Haley a hard time about... Well, first off, Haley goes up to her and was like, hey, girly, how you doing? And she's all friendly. And then Peyton just doesn't like, does not return that warmth (laughs) at all. Uh And she then plays the song she puts on. I think in that moment she put on Stars Go Blow. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like right after um, Haley says like, oh, Nathan won't talk to me. And then Peyton says, well, it's not like you don't deserve it. Yeah. It's like, damn, girl. And then, yep, she puts on the song. And we know that that is Peyton. She's dealing with so much right now, which she always Mm -hmm. seems to be dealing with so much. That is a reflection of her personal stuff. And Haley. She's projecting. Yeah, she's definitely projecting. Unfairly. That's one feud that happens. And the other feud is like the whole thing between Nathan and Lucas. Like, oh, let's have a one on one game to determine if we're friends again. I'm like, really? (laughs) Yeah, that was kind of stupid. Yeah. I don't like this fight between Nathan and Lucas. I don't like the fight between uh, Peyton and Haley either. What does Nathan care about Lucas investigating Dan? Because that's what what it's all about. Like, he's still mad about that. Yeah, exactly. How terrible dan has proved himself to be over and over again for reals i don't understand his logic in being this pissed off about it still after three months like maybe initially but like three months later you're still just as mad yeah i don't know and they just had to have like a throwback scene of them (laughs) playing one-on-one over i don't know a throwback scene i mean like the pilot they have their one-on-one game Oh, okay. But it's, like, kind of funny now because it's, like, oh, like, before they were fighting for a spot on the team and now they're fighting over a friendship. Oh, my God. They have grown so much, right? Yeah, it was dumb. I wonder if that's what they were trying to lean in. So if they were, that's kind of dumb. Yeah. (laughs) I hate it. But anyway. Go away as you waste your day with thinking. (laughs) Something worse, 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 worse. I don't know. I'm like, I started to say it, and I'm like, wait a minute, I don't know the words. Great, now I'm committed. 
Let's talk about this coda, which is to the song Move Along by the All-American Rejects. I'm going to say that this song, it is so representative of this t- this error to me. Mm-hmm. Once again, my best friend Jenna and I listened to this album and <laughs> saw them live with Fall Out Boy. Oh, really? With Fall Out Boy, mind you. I still have the concert tea somewhere. Okay. Yep. We also hear a Fall Out Boy song in this episode, too, don't we? <laughs> is this why the two of you love this episode so much? I do love the music, but that's not, like, the main reason, but... I was about to say, it's their nostalgia here. There definitely is nostalgia with these songs, because, I don't know, to me, it's just... It represents the air, and it takes me right back to high school. I mean, I, I can't even really describe it to you, but it's... Okay, this okay. is this is the era of all American rejects, really. It's an iconic song for the era, I would say. Okay, I'll see you. I'll see you. Anyway, let's talk about some of the things that happened in this coda. We start off on the beach. Lucas and Haley sit beside each other before going for a walk. Lucas walks over to Brooke, who is surrounded by shirtless lifeguards. Do you want to be Lucas or Brooke in this scene? I don't care. You should be Lucas, just because I feel like it'll be funny. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why it's funny, but it is. (laughs) You got a second? Sure. What's up? I'm the guy for you. I know we're just part-time. That's cool. You know, do whatever. Have your fun. But one of these nights, you're going to realize it. I'm the guy for you, Brooke Davis. Brooke looks at him, surprised. Lucas turns away, but turns back. You'll see. I know. That scene. Great scene. This is cute. Uh-huh. And look, you see the shirtless lifeguards in the background, and like we don't we do not care about the shirtless men. We care about the Lucas of it all. We really do. Cause that blue diam. And Brooke's face when he says that and her hair, I think her hair is kinda like I don't know if it's blowing in the wind or maybe I'm just It is blowing in the wind. Imagining yeah. that in my head. But like she just has No, this, it's blowing. <laughs> she has this look on her face like she's totally <sighs> consumed by what he just said. Yup. I love it. And we see Nathan uh walks up and stands beside Brooke. And then the two look at Haley and Lucas walking off together. And that's when we see Brooke smile. Then we're in a random bar in Tree Hill. Ellie is writing in a journal at the bar. Peyton walks over and puts down a vial. She says, Here, it used to be my cocaine vial. Thought you might like it considering you were buying drugs today. And then the two briefly look at each other and then Peyton walks off. Back to the beach. Lucas and Haley walk together. Lucas puts his arm around Haley and says, It's going to be okay, Hales. As a matter of fact, I think it's the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Again. (laughs) Why doesn't Haley have any dialogue in this scene, though? I just, I I always found this weird, like, not to see Haley, like, react or anything. She's smiling and whatnot, but, like, why doesn't Haley say anything? (laughs) I don't know. I guess she just needed comforting in that moment. Maybe, I guess. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like every time I see this scene, I just want Haley to, like, say something, you know? Really? I never had that feeling before. Because they, they like, smile at each other, so. I get it. Like, there's just some part of me that says, like, you know, does Haley want to be friends with you, Lucas? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she doesn't. Maybe she wants to tell you to fuck off. I don't know. But but we do know, like, yeah, Haley does want to be friends with him, of course. But it's just, I don't know. I I always found that to be particularly off-putting about this scene. I don't know why. It just always bothered me. And I just got to live my truth. Tell your truth. I just love the fact that these two are together again because we didn't get them much in season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love seeing them back together again. Anyway, tell us what happens in this last little bit. Dan drinks a glass of beer and observes Lucas and Haley through the flames of a bonfire. Suddenly, Dan flashes back to the night of the fire. Lucas was the one who tried to kill him. He angrily crushes the glass in his hand. Oh, and that's where it ends. I like how they ended it here. And I like how he saw Lucas behind the flames and, like, it mm-hmm. triggered a memory. Yeah. I thought that was well done. Like, the directing of it. Lucas looks all creepy in the memory, too. Ooh. Not looking too good for Lucas. No, it is not. But we shall see what comes of this. Uh-huh. So, what was your favorite quotes in this episode? Okay. Well, it obviously is... 
I know I can't choose a conversation, so I'll choose one short segment of the whole door scene, but just want to put this out into the universe that the whole entire door scene is my favorite scene. Yes, we get it. Okay, that's your favorite scene. What was your favorite line from said scene, okay? <laughs> I, I think I have to go with when Brooke says, of course, he's my hot dad fantasy. Peyton, he's a total dilf. And besides, I gave you Dan. <laughs> that, that whole part is my favorite. If, if I could give a quote to the facial expression that Hillary gives in response to that, like, I, that would be my favorite quote. Like, I'm just saying, it, it's just like priceless. Really like, when is. she, like, when she lifts her head up out of the bed and just, like, looks at Brooke, like, what the fuck? <laughs> it is amazing. It really, really, really is. What's your favorite? Um, I have a few written down, and I don't know what my favorite would be, um, but I like the quote, the freezer, but it's more the delivery rather than the line itself. Um, but you know what? I'm going to put this one down. I like when Brooke is talking to Tim, and she says, oh, look, it's Tim. I thought you died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It was just like, I don't know. It, it, it was just so funny. <laughs> yeah, that was a funny scene. We didn't talk about that one. There are there a lot of funny moments with Tim in this episode. How he like uh, he thinks the cops are there, and he just like he just like hits the drinks out of everybody's hands. And oh, and that moment when he's like uh, he flirts with a pregnant girl. Oh, yeah. I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like you know a little bit. Uh, I forget what he says. He he essentially fat shames her though, and then she says, "I'm pregnant, you idiots." And he's like, "I'm okay with that." <laughs> My God! Wow. But what was your favorite musical about that? It had to be the coda, Move Along by the All-American Rejects, with an honorable mention of Sugar We're Going Down by Fall Out Boy. Oh, okay. My favorite is the coda, uh, but my uh, honorable mention has to go to We're All on Drugs <laughs> by Weezer. Just because, I don't know, it's like a fun montage. It was. You get to see Lucas be a dork <laughs> for yes. like a brief second. <laughs> I think, I feel like Move Along and Sugar Were Going Down, just like, like you said before, there's such a nostalgia to those songs in this era. So mm-hmm. watching this is like going down memory lane, basically. For sure, for sure. Um, but do you even need to say what you're rated for the episode as? Like, do we, do we know what it is? <laughs> yes. Five out of five hot dad fantasies. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, I see what you're saying, like, with this episode being, being a favorite of yours. Like, there's a lot of, like, really fun moments. The soundtrack is amazing. There's moments that are just, like, outright hilarious. However, I still feel like I'm going to give it three out of five broken records. But... I feel like after talking to you, it's like, if we did give, like, you know, half scores or whatnot, it would be like a 3.9 now, instead of a 3, period. Okay. Okay. Wow. You're doing, like, real specific scores, then. <laughs> Not even half scores. Like, it's Down like to right the at the very point. top here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, I'm like, okay, like, I see why you like this episode, but I still want to stick with my guns and say 3 out of 5. So, my last thoughts about this. Yeah. I know we've talked in the past about liking episodes that you might not have gotten in. Let's say the show was like a 13 episode season, you know, Mm -hmm. which in today's world, that's way more common. Not a 22 episode season like this is. And I feel like I really appreciate this episode while it definitely moves the story along. There are major plot points going on in this. I still feel like it's almost like an extra episode that maybe we wouldn't have necessarily gotten in a shorter season. The, the humor, there's so many humorous moments that, that it adds to the characters, like relationships and whatnot, but doesn't really necessarily add to the story itself. But I, like, I really appreciate that humor. I don't think that would be added into an episode if you had, like, if you had to make a really tight storyline, you know? Yeah, it's like this. Is a, this is an episode that illustrates the relationship amongst the, the relationships amongst the characters. So rather than like moving the plot along, it's like really enforced that like, hey, these characters are part of each other's lives. Exactly. And that's pretty awesome. So yeah, I see you. I see what you're saying. So that's why I feel like it's it's an underrated episode, and it's just kind of like this. Okay. Li- it's an underrated episode, and it's like this little gem for me, of just I don't know joy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's really what it is. 
I love that. I absolutely love that. But there are so many great little fucking gems of season three to come. I'm interested to see what your gems are. I mean, I love like basically every episode of the season. I feel like the back half of the season, there's going to be a there lot might of be a gem five out of five for me. Yeah, that you really like that. I'm still going to love, but like maybe not yeah. like as much as you. <laughs> Caitlin's like every single episode is a five out of five in season three and I don't care otherwise. I, honestly, I'm not <laughs> so. bored in any episode in the season. I will say that. <laughs> no uh, boredom. But we shall say what the future episodes will bring to the table. Woo, excited. <laughs> Always and Forever is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AlwaysOTHpod. You can also email us at AlwaysOTHpod at gmail.com. I'm Jeremy Rodriguez, and you can find me on Twitter at RodriguezJeremy. And I'm Caitlin Illinich, and you can find me on Twitter at MissIReads. Outside of following our socials, the easiest way to support us is by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. That helps One Tree Hill fans new and old find us. You can also support us via Patreon, where for as low as $2 a month, you can gain access to bonus content, our private Discord server where you can chat with us and other listeners, and early episode releases. Visit patreon.com slash alwaysothpod for more information. Now, if you don't want future episodes of One Tree Hill to be spoiled for you, now is the time to turn this podcast off. Otherwise, stay tuned for the spoiler segment after the music ends. We'll We'll be be seeing seeing ya. Welcome to the spoiler segment of Always and Forever. This is your last reminder to turn off the podcast if you do not want spoilers. So... I gotta say, the Fallout Boy song coming on was kind of like a jump scare for me. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, what's to come of Fallout Boy in this season? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, the, so obviously I love like their musical um, presence, you know, when they had the concert and everything. But the whole Pete Wentz thing is so bizarre. Now, yes. now that I'm looking back at it. And it, it, why did that have to be in there? Peyton was already dealing with, she was shot, first off, and she had that moment with Lucas, which that's confusing. And then she is with Pete, and then suddenly she's going to visit Jake. It's just like way too much. Like, why did Pete have to be in the middle of, of the Lucas kiss? And the Jake reunion. You know what I mean? Like, do there really need to be another relationship? I don't think so. Just to do some stunt casting to, I don't know. There has to be a deeper behind behind the scenes reason for this. <laughs> like, why this came about. There has to be a reason for it. And... Yeah, I am really going to be interested when they talk about it. Because yeah. I, I don't know. I can't imagine what they'll say. Really. And Fall Out Boy at this time was like, they were super popular. Like yeah. that album, wow. They were fire. Light em up, 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 light em up, 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 light em up, 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 I'm on fire! Yes! <laughs> and I have to, oh, one other thing I want to say. That's a few years later. Yes. But yeah. That, that was like 10 years later almost. <laughs> like, <laughs> a little bit later, yes. <laughs> but um, watching this, binging this whole season and listening to all like the Fall Out Boy songs, it made me go back and listen to their albums because... I love their first two albums. And I still know all the words, by the way. (laughs) It's Uh like, it's so interesting as a teenager. Like, I don't know lyrics as well now as I do from like when I was a teen. It just like, I I just don't. Trying to think, yeah, I agree, actually. They'll come out, like if I haven't heard the song in in a long time, and it plays like suddenly the lyrics are coming out of me and like how in the world does my brain store that information <laughs> i don't know yeah <laughs> tell me <laughs> yeah no i completely agree with you like music just doesn't like resonate with me as like nowadays as it did way back when and again i'm sounding like an old by saying that but i agree it's just the truth the only thing that truly like really r- deeply resonates with me is like taylor swift stuff yeah. nothing else as much like there are some things here and there but like it's nothing like when i was a teen that's all 
Yeah. I think we already talked about this in the previous episode, but like that's all you did as a teen. Basically sit in your mm-hmm. room and listen to music. Yeah. Nowadays I feel like we have like less time to like find pop culture to identify with. I know. Um I just hope that, you know, I just hope that the teens of today are identified with this music because like I feel sorry for them if they're not. You know. Yeah. But I think that's that's really what it is. Like it's like a that's like a finite moment in time and we identify with pop culture and we don't do that so much anymore. I know. And it's just yeah. Why is that? And it makes me really feel like an old person because not much resonates. Like the lyrics, I don't know. There's just such a deep connection when you're a teen. Yeah. But do you still feel like when you listen to these songs or like watch these episodes of One Tree Hill, like, do you still like feel that way? Do you still feel like, yeah, this song resonates with me? Oh God, it comes right back. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, even like you watch some of these episodes of One Tree Hill, like seeing Anna like go through her coming out story in season two, like that still resonates with me today. You know what I mean? Yes. It's, we were so impressionable, I think. Our Uh emotions during that time, like just everything about being a teen and growing up it's really true like it stays with you absolutely but nowadays it's a little bit different it's like it's the first day on a brand new planet (laughs) which is the title of season three episode three which we'll be talking about next week and taken from our oth dvd box sets the description reads looking forward dan tries to get coach durham fired before the basketball season begins Looking back, Dan starts putting the pieces together concerning what happened the night of the fire. We'll be seeing ya. We'll be seeing ya. I was waiting for you this time. 